Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Sisters You Have Value podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tolliver, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. This podcast was created for women because we believe in the power of sisterhood and unity, and we strive to build a community where women can share passions, learn from one another's experiences, and support each other on their journey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sisters You Have Value podcast. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Give us a like, share, and follow. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back and giving us another listen. And give us a like, share, and follow also. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to all of you awesome and wonderful women. Today, we have titled this podcast, Self-Limitations, Sabotage, and Procrastination. Yes, Self-Limitation, Sabotage, and Procrastination. How many of us can relate to those three things? Raise your hand if you can. How many of us have lost out on some of the best things and blessings God has had for our lives because of this? How many of us have missed our season, our boo, our bay, our boaz because of it? Well, I know firsthand. And I can also tell you that we can all relate if we have lived long enough. And as the old folks say, if not, just keep living. You just ain't lived long enough to experience nothing yet. These three concepts are interrelated and can become some of the biggest obstacles that prevent us from achieving goals in our lives and living the life that we want. And you'll see as we discuss each topic in depth, how entangled each one is, though separate, but it is so engulfed into that one triangle that keeps us and bring us all back to our lives, our beliefs, our fears, and our setbacks in life. So we'll be discussing the challenges that arise with self-limitation, sabotage, and procrastination and provide tips to help you build a happier and better life. So buckle up, get your drink, coffee, tea, whatever it is you sip on, and sit back and relax and get ready for an enlightening journey into the depths of healing. Let's start first by defining each of these concepts. I think that's important. Self-limitation refers to the beliefs and attitudes that hold us back from pursuing our full potential. It is the mindset that tell us that we're not good enough or capable enough to achieve what we want in life. Sabotage refers to the actions or behaviors that we engage in that undermine our own efforts to achieve our goals. It is the self-destructing behaviors that we engage in, often without even realizing it. And finally, procrastination. This refers to the tendency to delay or put off tasks, often to the point of not completing them at all. It is all this behavior, and it stems from self-limiting beliefs and can lead to self-sabotage. Now that we have a clear definition of them, let's start with self-limitation. Ladies, you know our beliefs and attitudes shape our reality, and if we believe that we're not capable or worthy of achieving our goals, then we are less likely to pursue them. This can be the result of past experiences, negative self-talk, or external influences such as family or societal expectations. Self-limiting beliefs are often developed in childhood and can be influenced by a variety of factors, 
again, including our environment, experiences, and relationships. And they get so deeply ingrained in each of us that it can impact how we think, feel, and behave as adults. And that's why it's important for you not to judge. other. You don't know what they've been through. Other people have some stuff, y'all, that they brought with them, some self-limiting beliefs that they still live and believe every day. And you, we judge, what is wrong with her? Why is she like this or why is she like that? Because of what she's went, gone through. Her journey is not yours. Everybody's walk is not the same. And so there are some things we just have to say, okay, Lord, let me see it from your eyes and lens and give me an understanding into that, that I can see this is why um, she does this or that. Remember, we treat symptoms. We don't treat problems. We try to put a Band-Aid on Hoover Dam thinking it ain't going to come out, but the devil is a lie. So if we never treat the root of the problem, we're going to always experience these um, situations. So... Um, one source, uh, one common source of self-limiting beliefs is family and upbringing. If we grew up in an environment where we were constantly criticized or told that we weren't good enough, we may internalize these messages and develop beliefs that we're not capable of achieving our goals or living up to our fullest potential. I was listening to a young man the other night, and it was so profound, y'all. He was very open and transparent about his childhood, and it impacted me in such a way it gave me one of those aha and wow moments that I always speak of. He stated that even now at 30, he's still searching for that loving and nurturing environment, that love that he never got. His mother was on drugs and his grandmother raised him. So one of the other young ladies on the panel said, well, you had your grandmother. So at least you had somebody. He said, no, no, I might not be able to explain it right. He said, but it's almost like she did it out of pity okay, my daughter on drugs. I don't have a choice. This is my grandson. So it wasn't that unconditional or that agape love that he received. Otherwise, he wouldn't be um, in the predicament he is in today. Some abuse happened to him as well. And um, he remembers. But it caused him to be such a, I'm not going to say his attitude to be bad. He's a very dark person and he can read you. And it's so dark that it's so scary. Um, I even heard him say some crazy stuff one night. Uh, you know, I hope your mama gets shot in the back of the head. You know, think about a person that those are things that we're speaking into our own lives. We speak these things into existence. And when we're broken, we don't realize that there's no good coming because of what we say or because of what we lived and that we haven't healed from it. Now, it can turn us inside out, y'all. It can make us be people that we don't want to be because we use it as a coping mechanism. So again, I can relate to this young man, but I also know that it'll tangle us up for years if we don't heal from it. Another source of self-limiting beliefs is our experiences and failures. If we experience repeated setbacks or failures in a particular era, we're going to begin to believe that narrative that we're not good enough and success is out of our reach. Say like you've struggled in math in school and received poor grades. You're going to develop a mindset that you're not good enough in math and you're going to avoid every career or hobby that require math skills because you're going to think, I can't do this. I'm going to fail at this. I won't be great. Social conditioning and cultural messages can also contribute to self-limiting beliefs. We may internalize the messages from society or social media and what it tells us 
uh, we're not attractive enough. So you're going to run down to Miami in that back alley and get that BBL and your bot, the backside. <laughs> Your backside look like a <laughs> look like a ton of bricks back there, and you can barely walk and move. And you know because they tell you that you're supposed to look a certain way. Again, y'all know how I feel about them <laughs> them waist trainers. Y'all gonna cut off your whole circulation trying to be something that you're not. But um, it it does those things to us, y'all. And these those messages reinforce that negative self talk that we tell ourselves. I, I know it, you know, I'm, I don't, you know, look like her. I'm not fine like her. I can't be as smart as she is. You, you run your own race and ask God, Lord, what am I here for? What is my purpose? Lord, what do you have for me? Not for her, but for me, Lord, where do I need to be studying in? What areas do I need to work on? What is it that I need to search out for me, Lord? Give me that grace and that wisdom to only look for me and to be only in competition with me, but I'm going to applaud and uplift my sister. I'm not going to be in competition with you. I'm just going to say, girl, you better work. So, uh, and and finally, fear can play a major role in developing self-limiting beliefs. If we're afraid of taking those uh, risks or stepping out of our comfort zones, we're going to develop beliefs that is safer and easier to stay where we are even if it means limiting our potential. We'll stay stuck in that same dead-end job, hating it, with 50,000 ideas that pop up in our head. About 25, 20 years ago, <laughs> literally, I sat up one day and I was in dispatch and I was telling them, you know, I love crust, the little crust off the uh, chicken. I said, y'all, I need to open up me a skin shack. I'm going to have a, a, a place that don't sell nothing but skins off the chicken. Why is the skin shack right now? There's one right now today. But I had that thought 20 years ago. Of course, I didn't act on it. <laughs> and one of my uh, ex-assistant chiefs called me one day and said, Kim, girl, they ain't opened up a skin shack. Your idea that you had. I've had so many ideas that I've seen come to fruition by somebody else because I didn't believe I was good enough. Or I didn't believe that was something that I could do. So we have to be uh, reminded daily that you are more than a conqueror through Christ. You can do all things in Christ that strengthens us. So we just have to we just have to remember that. So let's let's give another example. Tom, he always wanted to start his own business, but held himself back because of those same beliefs that he wasn't good enough to do it. But over time and necessary work and effort, he learned to change and channel those beliefs and focus on his strengths instead of his weaknesses. Then he surrounded himself with supportive people who encouraged him to take those risks and try new things. And he bought into that narrative, y'all. And once he bought into that narrative, it changed his whole outlook on everything else. So how can we overcome self-limitation? Change the narrative. Change your beliefs. Ask ourselves, is it really true? It's like Michael Jackson say, we start with the man in the mirror. Seek out positive influences and role models who have achieved similar goals and use those successes as evidence that we too can achieve it. It doesn't have to be somebody you know closely, but look into the lives of other people and we're going to know our mess is a message that these tests are just that testimony so that God can help catapult us into our next level of existence. And we look back and go, man, if she did it, I can do it. Man, she made it through. That's why it's so important, and I wanted to start this so that other women can know that, baby, you are not alone out there. We have all gone through. We are still going through. 
until Jesus come while we're on this side of heaven. We're going to always have situation and issues. But if we come together to learn from each other, we can live a more healthier and prosperous life. And we're able to challenge that energy into a positive instead of a negative. And that's what we're trying to do. Build on a better life system and a thought process that's going to help us through it. So let's move on to self-sabotage. This is when we engage in behaviors that undermine our own beliefs to achieve the goals. And we do this consciously or unconsciously, just the same, but the end result is the same. We prevent ourselves from succeeding. And self-sabotage take many forms from procrastination and avoidance to self-destructive behaviors like substance abuse and unhealthy relationships. But at its core, self-sabotage is often driven by deep-seated fears, beliefs, and emotions that can be difficult to uncover and address. And if it's something we can't get to, we'll never understand that root cause. That's why that shadow work is important. That trigger work is necessary because we have to understand where it came from. We have to get to the source of those generational curses, those negative words spoke by family passed down through generation to generation. And we bought the narrative and we start speaking it over our own lives. And you have to be careful what you speak because you may be reaping something you sold two years ago. And you'd be like, why Mary did that to me? It had nothing to do with Mary. Remember what you did to Sue? And so you have to remember that even though for five years you've been tracking one way, you still had some garbage that you had to, okay, you, you still got that time. So, it, you know, people, we do these things regularly. We shoot ourselves in the foot and put obstacles in our own way. We make a mountain out of a molehill. You look at that molehill and you, I can't do it. I can't get over it. And it's so little, but you make it so big that your eyes perceive it's a mountain there in your way that you can't get in it. You can't get around it. You can't go over it. Behavior is self-sabotaging when in attempting to solve or cope with a problem, it instigates a new problem. <laughs> it interferes with your long-term goals and unsettles relationships. So even when you're trying to, you're you going to throw something else on there. Yeah, but if I do this and all this going, now you done compound it. And 99% of the time, the things that fear us the most never come to pass. We think everything under the sun. And when that day comes, it go by so smooth. You be like, oh my God, I stressed over this for nothing. You done took two years off your life and uh, for no reason. Comfort eating is a form of self-sabotage, especially when you have weight concerns. Self-medicating with drugs or alcohol, that's another form. Even though when you go to bed, you're going to wake up with, you might go to bed drunk, but you're going to wake up with that same problem. Been there, done that, but it wasn't because of the problems, you know. But um, procrastination may be the most common of them all. Um, less common can be self-injury. People cut to escape painful emotions or go on shopping sprees when you know you can't afford that merchandise. You got uh, dealer's eyes and family dollar pocket money and you run up in dealers and buy the whole thing and then looking for assistance with your water bill and your electric bill and your rental assistance and can't pay nobody now you're robbing peter to pay paul because we haven't gotten to the root of these behaviors and underlying issues to take care of these symptoms these are just symptoms um and things that we're treating, but we haven't treated the problem. That shopping spree ain't the problem. It's what's causing you to go on that shopping spree. That's the problem. You know, that drug and alcohol, that's not the problem. 
you know, mm-mm. eating ain't the problem. Even though it will be, your butt going to be big as Texas if you don't stop and push back from that table. But you get what I'm saying, the gist of it. And what all self-defeating behaviors have in common is they are false friends. It's pseudo. It's, it's not real. It, it, it may seem helpful at the time, but actually all these things that we're doing to ourselves is, is harmful to us, especially when we repeat those same patterns. And if you drink long enough, your liver going to blow right out. And you smoke, you, you're in danger and risk of cancer, drugs and things like that. You mess yourself up, a meth head, and you know, your face and all your teeth just falling out. So, you know, it's the result of the things that we're, those are coping mechanisms. Let's say that. Those are coping mechanisms. Um, it's paradoxical <laughs> that people try to help themselves with hurtful behaviors. how that work? You know, and I believe that people experience emotional cascades in response to an unsetting um, event that they become so focused on it that they work themselves into a whole intense, painful state, a whole frenzy. So they, and then you deploy self-sabotaging behaviors to short circuit the emotional ca- cascade in hope that the physical sensations from the destructive behaviors, which i.e. that food you're eating and stuffing down your throat, um, drugs, alcohol, all of this distract you from the thoughts that you have in your mind. But again, when you wake up, it's still there, y'all. Stopping the emotional cascade and reducing emotional pain feel good in the moment, but the negative consequences of that behavior is going to persist. It's just going to take another form it's going to take on a whole nother form of something else. People don't always realize that they're sabotaging themselves. And this is in point that lies in the consequences of our actions may not be immediate, which makes it hard to connect X to Y. It's hard to connect that behavior with that bad outcome because it's not immediate. We do these things over time. This didn't just happen overnight. You've been had that eating disorder because that man left you five and 10 years ago and you mad because he got another woman and you just thought that he hung the moon with you and that y'all were going to get married and you gave up everything for him. Now you're eating, you're out of control. You big as Texas and she about to go to the altar. You have to release and break that. You have to ask God to release you and move those soul ties from you. And you need that time alone to meditate, to get into who you are and whose you are, to know that I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous. This is not my end. That's not my expected end. If it's for you, it can't leave. And if it's not for you, it can't stay. Always remember that. God moves things in order for the best to come in. We just don't like the pruning process. We don't like that part. So then we'll 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 think it's something else and then we're going to employ all of these things, i.e. drug, alcohol, sex, spending, money, thinking that's going to help us and it's not. That problem is going to be there until we heal. So we got to take care of the uh of of all of these things, these negative thoughts and we got to we got to heal from that. Okay, let's talk about also, the case of excessive reassurance, when you reassuring, seeking, it occurs because people have self-doubt and desire strong relationships, but in order to feel more confident and connected, you ask friends, family, your boo for signs of love and accept. You still like me? You still love me? Do you love me? Why you like me? Why you love me? 
that ain't nothing wrong with asking for reassurance from time to time. But now when you do that all day, all day every day and that man leave you and you just, that just supported what you see. I knew it. And I told, no, that constant nagging is what did it. Not because you weren't a good person on the inside, not because you weren't loving and kind. It's because the insecurities in those, that need for that reassurance ran and drove your partner off because they got tired of hearing that. People can't fix people. Only God can do that. You have to do the work to fix you. So, and and that's why we're here. That's what we're here to do. And we know self-sabotage is a complex issue. It has many underlying causes, but by becoming more aware of our patterns and our uh, motivations, we begin to identify the beliefs and emotions that drive our self-sabotaging behavior. And then we work toward developing more effective coping uh, strategies. Okay, let's talk about Lisa. She always had a fear of intimacy. She found herself pushing away people or sabotaging her relationships when things started to get serious. Lord, who can relate to that narrative? It took a lot of self-reflection and therapy for her to realize that her fear was rooted in a belief that she did not deserve love or happiness. Once she started to challenge that, she was able to form a deeper connection with others. It's all in what we tell ourselves. So we got to be aware of that. We got to identify those triggers that lead us to engage in those behaviors. We got to seek out support from friends, family, professionals, whoever can help us overcome our self-sabotaging tendencies. We also, another way to, to overcome it, identify your underlying fears and beliefs that are driving that behavior. Are you afraid of rejection, abandonment? Do you believe that you don't deserve success or happiness? Once you've identified that, we challenge those things and we practice self-compassion. Work on developing healthier coping mechanisms, not the harmful ones. Uh, we need meditation. We need exercise. We need to eat better. And this will help us manage our difficult emotions. Finally, let's get to that last one, y'all. Procrastination. This is a common behavior because it's linked. It can be linked to self-limiting beliefs and sabotage. When we procrastinate, we delay taking action on tasks that need to be completed, often leading to stress and missed opportunities. And when it comes to sabotage, procrastination is king. Why? Because procrastination is the gap between intention and action. It is in this gap that the self operates. The underlying behavior lies in not closing that gap. I want y'all to listen to something real quick. that's what we're here today. There's always pain in it, but how do we respond in those moments? How do we make this easier for our lives? We make an intention to act. The time come, but instead of acting, we get lost in our own deliberation. We make excuses to justify an unnecessary and potentially harmful delay. Who makes the decisions? We do, y'all. The self, in fact, sabotages his own intention. And that's what, how do you respond? That's what he just said. 
You would think life would be easier that the reasons and desires that motivate our intentions would also be sufficient to motivate us to action, but it's not. If it were, we would be machines and and there would be no such thing as volition. So the self choose to act as conscious beings. We cannot escape the self choosing what to do. So we think of procrastination as an irrational delay because our reasons for action simply aren't sufficient to motivate the actions. More accurately, it's a rationale without reason because the real issue is emotional. So although we may know intellectually what we ought to do right, we don't feel like doing it. So we focus on short-term move repair. We feel good now, then we'll worry about it later. Short-term gain, long-term pain. So with procrastination, we delay taking action longer than we know we should. It's chronic procrastination. We waste time that we can't afford to waste, y'all. We can actually wind up wasting our whole lives in this stuff. There are three basic reasons we procrastinate. We put out things we don't like to do or that upset us uh, in some way, which makes sense, except that in life, we regularly face tasks we'd rather not do, but really have to do. So the first thing we need to do is recognize that it's all about what psychologists Diane Tyson, Elaine Bratslowski call giving in to feel good. So a challenge or aversive task at hand makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't want to tolerate negative emotions. We want to feel good now. So we give in to the feel good by putting off the task. And in the end, we delay sabotage our long-term goals. The delay sabotages that. Second, we often procrastinate because our intentions are anemic, vague, and weak. Of course, for some, ill-defined intentions are part of the problem, part of self-sabotage. And we don't really feel like doing the task. So we make vague declarations like I'll get to it next week, y'all. I'll get to it later. And third, we're easily distracted. And some of us are highly impulsive. We're going to look at that clock. We're going to check the email. We're going to check Facebook. We're going to TikTok. We're looking at recipes. We're reading blogs. And where did the whole day go? So in a world dictated increasingly by the economics of attention, we have to be careful where we invest ourselves. There are only so many minutes in a day, y'all, in the lifetime we can give uh, to which we can give attention. So the whole world is 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 uh, competing for attention, and and we just don't want to uh, we don't want to be a part of that. So we want to get into some things that can help us overcome procrastination. Uh, one of the things, uh, break your task down into smaller pieces and more manageable things. Focus on the process of completing the task rather than the outcome and try to find ways to make the task more enjoyable or rewarding. Then try to set specific goals and de- uh, deadlines for yourself. Use pro- te- uh, productivity techniques, um, anything that's going to help you along the way. Be kind to yourself and recognize that overcoming challenges take time and effort. Don't beat yourself up. If you slip up or have setbacks, instead, use it as an opportunity to learn and grow. So um, as we wrap up this podcast, I want to leave you with a call to action to take a moment to reflect on any self-limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging behaviors, procrastination, tendencies that you may be experiencing in your own life. 
identify the underlying fears or beliefs that may be driving these behaviors and think about ways you can challenge them and take action towards your goal. We have to remember change does not happen overnight. It takes time and effort to break free from patterns. And by taking small, consistent steps toward overcoming self-limitation, sabotage, and procrastination, you can start to make meaningful progress toward living the life you want. So we want to start challenging our beliefs and, and, and breaking down everything. And I have a list of questions too, y'all, to help along the way. Uh, I want you to be honest with yourself and answer them. Uh, get your little pen and paper ready. You got a little homework. Um, let's start with number one. What are the most common reasons you procrastinate? Um, for example, fear of failure, lack of motivation, overwhelming things in your life, perfectionism. Number two, what are some negative consequences of your procrastination? Did you miss a deadline? Did you get in trouble? Did you get rolled up at work? Number three, what are your most important goals? Career advancement, improved physical health, stronger relationships, personal growth. Number four, are your actions aligned with your goals? If not, what's holding you back? Fear of failure, procrastination often hold you back from taking action. Number five, what are your core values? Integrity, honesty, compassion, com creativity. Number six, are you living according to your values? If not, why? Number seven, what are some habits or behaviors that contribute to your self-sabotaging procrastination? That's social media, overthinking, um, those things. Number eight, what are some healthy habits or behaviors you can adopt to replace those that contribute to self-sabotage? Meditation, mindful practices, daily exercise, positive affirmations and self-talk, goal setting, and action planning. Number nine, what are some small steps can you take towards your goals today? Spend 30 minutes working on a career task. Take a 15-minute walk outside. Number 10, write down five things that you're grateful for each day. If we have an attitude of gratitude, we don't have time to have the negative and stinking thinking. Start writing down what you're grateful for. Thanking God for those things in your life. Number 11, sign up for a personal growth course or workshop. And 12, what resources can you leverage to help you overcome self-sabotage? Family, friends, books, coaches, therapists. So by answering these questions, you can gain clarity on the patterns of self-sabotage and procrastination. It'll help develop strategies, y'all, to overcome them. And remember to be honest and compassionate with yourself throughout the process. You deserve to live a fulfilling and productive life and taking intentional actions towards your goal, you can achieve it. And y'all know I can't leave this podcast without some meditating scriptures to think on and apply to your life. I am a believer, and I believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Fear has no place in the lives of believers. Sure, it sneaks in every now and again. Um, it tries to get your health, attack your family, your safety, possession, but it doesn't belong. Say no to it. But he'll always try to get you to take the bait. He'll use things like bad reports, discouraging thoughts, a negative word from a co-worker, a family member, unpleasant circumstances to get you out of faith and in fear. The good news is you can defeat fear and experience the peace of God. Fear doesn't have to be a part of your life anymore. 
but it's going to take an active fight to keep it from taking hold of your thoughts. Are you ready to take a stand against fear? Start meditating and speaking on the word. Speak on these scriptures to defeat fear for good. Number one, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And that's Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41 and 10. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Psalms 55 and 22. Do not be afraid, y'all. Only believe. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Philippians 4 and 6. And remember, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And that's 1 John 4 and 18. And y'all know he hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and sound mind, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you've gained some insight and inspiration on how to overcome self-limitation, sabotage, and procrastination. Remember, you are more than capable of achieving great things, but it starts with the beliefs in yourself and taking action. You have to believe. And I want y'all to hear this right here. We don't need to work on conditions. We need only to work on ourselves. The only place we can cure our lack and limitation is in our own mind, being transformed by the rule of your mind. Uh, when we have done it there, we shall find that the uh, world, your, that is your body, your environment, and conditions will be a mathematical reflection of your inner state of mind. Whatsoever things ye ask for when ye pray, believe that ye have received them and ye shall have them. Whatsoever things ye ask for when you pray, believe them and receive them and you shall have it. Lord, we believe in that our thoughts are going to change. We believe that we're not going to have negative self-talk. We're going to enter in with positive self-talk. Lord, we are the head and not the tail. We are gorgeous. Lord, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Again, we hope you've gained some insight. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to see you next week, same time. Lord, say the same. And as always, hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss an episode. If you found this podcast helpful in any way, please share with a friend or loved one who can use healing in their life right now as a result of those three things, self-limitation, sabotage, and procrastination. Next week, we're going to be diving into some amazing stuff and interviews from women who will be sharing their story and being fully transparent without judgment, ladies. So we've posted it on Facebook. We posted the link on Twitter. If you want to be a part of it, you just click that audio and it'll come back to me. It's five questions for women uh, that are struggling or black women that have struggled at a point through their lives as single mothers with children in the workforce And we just want to hear from you so that your voice can be a part of this podcast. Yes, it is anonymous. You do not have to uh, tell who you are. We just play your part uh, from the questions. And um, so, yes, remember, we're here to uplift, not to condemn. And one of the first things that puts us on the road to recovery and healing is admission. So we have to face our giants, y'all. Face those giants in, in our lives. Otherwise, we'll never heal what we aren't willing to confront.
So again, if you want to be a part of next week's episode, grab a Facebook link, grab the uh, Twitter link or email us at sistersyouhavevalue at gmail.com, sistersyouhavevalue at gmail.com. And I will certainly send you the link out. And that topic is called the struggles of single mothers, black single mothers while working. So let us know your struggle and sacrifice and the toll it's taken on you to be a single mother working and to maintain it all. Remember, this podcast is about sharing our stories so that we ourselves can heal from others. And we love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And we hope this message has been uh, inspirational in your ears.